Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Well, open your Bible if you brought it to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. I'm going to teach over the next few weeks on a topic that is um, absolutely critical, but often misunderstood. Absolutely critical, but often, often misunderstood in the body of Christ. Specifically, we're going to be talking about favor. Everybody say favor. Favor is, is, is something that when it gets on your life, it's impossible to deny. It's impossible to deny. Uh, but there's a real cause behind it. Can you say amen to that? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this word that you've deposited in my heart and in my spirit. And I'm asking you to help me and enunciate it. I thank you for the change that it's brought about in my life. And I'm asking that it would help change your people. And I'm asking that those who are far from you would be close to you before this message is over. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Before I get started, I want to say hello to some people that I love very much. We have uh, friends all over, and the body of Christ is very neat because, you know, we're not all one color. Come on, somebody. We're not all, you know, one background or, or one whatever. And, and, and when your family, you know, your family, wherever you live, but Crystal and I and even my parents went to church with this couple for years, and we've stayed in contact. And when we started New Heights Church, talking about partnership, they literally helped support the launching and the birthing of New Heights Church. So every person here has been affected by their giving and by their love. So Dr. Tom and Sue Ann Rushing, would you guys just stand up and y'all tell them we love them. Come on. All the way from Port Aransas, Texas. Love you. God bless you. All the way from Port Aransas, Texas, and they're just wonderful, wonderful people, and I love them. Can you say amen to that? All right. Favor is something that is often, well, it's often talked about depending on the church that you come from. Some churches talk about it a lot. Some churches never talk about it. So it just kind of depends your background, but it can be easily misunderstood. For those of you who are here that have, say, a, a pickup truck or, or like a maybe even better example, like a four-wheel drive pickup truck, you're going to understand what I'm saying. I'm, I'm a preacher and a teacher. So a preacher or, or preaching is like an exhortation. It's a, it's a real strong encouragement. But teaching is very fundamental. Metaphorically, we could understand this like in, in football, how the coach right before the game will meet in the locker room and he'll give a pep talk and he's effectively preaching to the team to get them very encouraged to go out there and try their hardest and do their best. But all week long, the teaching comes into play, building up to that weekend to memorize the playbook, to understand where you're supposed to be. And so there's teaching and there's preaching that we can see and that we need in the body of Christ. I like preaching, I like teaching, I love the word of God. But for the next few weeks, there's gonna be a lot of teaching. So back to the four-wheel drive, for example, it's going to be like we're going into four-wheel drive and we're going into low range where we're not gonna necessarily move as fast, but we're going to be moving with a lot more power. There's gonna be a lot of torque involved. So the favor of God on your life is absolutely imperative for a lot of reasons. We're going to start with a young man named Joseph. Everybody say Joseph. Joseph was very interesting because Joseph was of the lineage or the descendants of Abraham. So you had Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph. Jacob was the guy who got renamed to Israel, which the nation of Israel is named after right now. And Joseph was one of Jacob or Israel's sons. Joseph had massive favor on his life and his brothers did not like the favor on his life. His family didn't understand it. And his family would, would uh, oftentimes try to ostracize Joseph. Because when you have favor on your life, you're going to be misunderstood. 
When you have favor on your life, you're going to be misunderstood. My children, we, we don't have them anymore, but we used to have chickens. And every morning they would go get the eggs from the chickens and then we would eat our breakfast. Because we lived on Little House on the Prairie, I guess. I don't know. But we would go and, and, and the kids, while they were out there, one time I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to color one of the eggs. So I took a shot. I got up real early and I went out and I took one of the eggs and I colored it with a Sharpie. And I thought, man, this is going to be so funny when the kids go out there and they see this egg that's been colored with a Sharpie. And so I tell the kids, okay, go get the eggs. We can have breakfast. They go out to get the eggs and they come back in and they just bring in normal eggs. And I'm like, is that all the eggs that were there? And they're like, that's all the eggs that were there. And so I went out to the chicken coop and I looked and, and what had happened is the chickens had smashed the egg that didn't look like the other eggs. Because when you're a little bit different, now you stand out. And when people don't understand you, they immediately want to criticize you. Let me give you some examples. They'll start to try to justify why you're blessed based off of some unfair thing that happened to them that stopped them from being blessed. They'll begin to ridicule you and they don't even know why they want to ridicule you. you just, you're just different. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're completely different. So Joseph was very different. He was a dreamer. He would talk about his dreams. When you're around people that are dreamers, it's easy to talk about the dreams on the inside. When you're around people that never dream, all they want to do is spit on yours. When you're talking to people that don't have any future vision, all they want to do is ridicule your future vision. So what happens when you have the favor of God on your life and you're a dreamer and you have these future visions, you say, man, we're going to do this and we're going to do it for God. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. All of a sudden that will attract attention and that attention can come in the form of favor. And what happens when favor hits your life is everybody sees it. So the Bible says that Jacob, the daddy gives Joseph a coat of many colors or a beautiful coat that stood out amongst the masses, a beautiful coat. So Joseph didn't look like everybody else. Now, he had a choice. He could hang the coat in his closet and never wear it, knowing it would cost him. Or he could wear the favor. So here's the reality. As we get more and more understanding on what the favor of God actually looks like, you're going to have to make a decision. And it might even sound like like Greek to you right now, but you're literally going to have to make a decision on what level of favor you're going to walk in. Because your Favor, the favor on your life is directly proportional to the amount of criticism you are willing to endure. So if you get like, I don't want to be criticized by anybody, you don't have to worry about it. You're not going to have much favor on your life. But if you say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be willing to endure and I'm not going to return venom when people are ugly about me and, and they're lying about me, I'm not going to return venom for venom. You're now a candidate for favor. You're now a candidate to represent the kingdom of God by walking in favor that is out of this world. So Joseph had this coat of many colors and his brothers hated him. And so they were like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kill him. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to kill him. And then we're going to come back and we're going to show dad that, that, uh, he's dead. But at the last minute, they decided, you know what, let's throw him in a pit. And then they took, and the Bible says they took his coat and they, they killed a lamb and they put the blood of the lamb on his coat and they took it back to the daddy. They should have never messed with the blood of the lamb. So they take, they take the blood of this lamb and they put it on his coat and they take it back to his daddy and say, hey, look, hey, dad, he's dead. Some wild animal has killed him. And, and, and the Bible says they threw him in the pit. And, and all of a sudden they decided, you know what, man, we, if we just kill him, we're not going to get paid. So instead of, just, instead of just ridicule him and trying to put him under, let's do this. Let's actually sell him. Because when people don't understand you, they may want to kill you, maybe physically, but definitely a lot of times people want to kill your career. Kill your dreams. A lot of times people want to kill your confession. 
Why are you so happy all the time? Ah. <laughs> They're just trying to kill your confession. But then when they find out they don't, that, that killing you doesn't profit them, now they want to figure out how to profit off of you. In other words, they go from trying to kill your dreams to trying to sell you out. So now it it looks a little bit different in your life. The favor of God on your life has attracted a lot of criticism and a lot of ridicule. And now people are trying to profit off of the favor on your life. Now they're trying to sell you out. So Joseph's in this pit and all of a sudden this, this caravan's coming by and they said, let's sell him. So they sell, they sell Joseph and he becomes a a, a slave in a guy named Potiphar's house. And he he becomes uh, a slave and he takes care of this guy's house. He's a very prominent guy in Egypt. And the Bible says that he put him over his whole house. So he was, he was, he was thrown into a pit by his brothers. He was lied about. His daddy saw the coat of many colors. He cried about it. Then he got sold to Potiphar. And then now all of a sudden he's in Potiphar's house and he's running things. And this is what happens. Genesis 39 verse 14. Genesis 39 verse 14. The Bible says the Potiphar's wife, she called into the middle of the, oh, here's what happened. He was, he was literally going about his stuff and, and Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with him. Let me, let me just say this, write this down. Favor makes you very attractive. Very, very attractive. Maybe Joseph was physically attractive. I don't know. But the favor of God makes you very attractive. So as the favor of God increases on your life, you better commit constantly to dance with who brung you. You want to stay married, you stay married. Because as the favor increases on your life, now all of a sudden you become very attractive. Hey, can I, can I talk to you for just a minute? No, why not? You're not my wife. Hey, can I call you? No, you can't. Why not? You're not my wife. It becomes, ladies, same thing. He comes walking by the office all of a sudden. Hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. And you're not my husband, you hairy legged thing. You want to stay married? Stay married. Because favor will make you very attractive. So she says to him, she says, come on, sleep with me. And, and all the other slaves, she'd probably done this before. And all the other slaves probably said, no problem. Potiphar's not here. Shut the door. He goes, oh no, that's not, that's not, that's not the kind of man I am. I don't, my God, that's not what my God is about. I'm not, I'm not here to do that. And she said, you're not going to sleep with me. He said, I'm not going to sleep with you. She said, yes, you are. You're a slave. You're going to sleep with me or else. And she grabs his coat. Remember, it was a coat that got him in this in the first place. She grabs his coat and she, 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 she tries to pull him into the bed. And, and the Bible says that he just spins out of it, does a spin move and takes off running. And now she's got his coat. Now she's got some explaining to do. So now, verse 14, she called the men of the house to her and she spoke to him and she said, this Hebrew came in here to mock us. He came in here to lie with me. He wanted to rape me. And I screamed out with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard me scream out with a loud voice and he left and he's left his garment with me. And he fled and he ran out. And the Bible says she laid up his garment by her until uh, her husband came home. And then she spoke unto him according to these words saying, this Hebrew servant, which you brought us, he came in here just to mock us. He was in here trying to sleep with your wife. What do you think about that, Potiphar? And Potiphar did what most husbands would do. He he got mad. Or she said it came to pass when he when when I lifted up my voice that he left his garment with me. And it came to pass when the master heard all these things of Potiphar. She said he said that he got mad and and he said he got very angry. His wrath was kindled up. And the Bible says that Joseph's masters took him and master took him and put him in prison, where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. Look at your neighbor right in the face. Just tell them it's a setup. <laughs> you can't draw a straight line from Jacob's house to the palace. But if you can endure the pit in your life, and you can endure the prison in your life, 
I just speak and declare God has a palace season coming up very soon in your life. Come on, let's give God five seconds of praise right there. So he said, he took him to the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were bound. And there he was in prison. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor. Somebody say favor. Favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Verse 22, the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison took not, uh, uh, looked not at anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did. The Lord made it to prosper. Everybody say favor. Favor is when you literally skip levels that you should have had to walk through. Favor is when you get the promotion and you know good and well you didn't deserve it. Favor is when they give you an A after telling you they weren't going to curve the grade. Favor is when they, they shift, they shift the schedule to accommodate you. Cause you say, I'm sorry, I don't work on Sunday mornings. When I was in college, I worked at home Depot and they, they hired me and I told them, I said, I, I'm sorry, I can't work on Sunday mornings. Oh, well, our, they said to be this and God bless home Depot. They said to me, they said, well, our, our, I don't know if they called it staff meetings or something. Our staff meetings are at Sunday morning and, and that's like once a month. And so you're going to have to be here for that. I said, oh, I'm sorry. You had to give somebody else a job. They said, well, just come on and go to work and we'll talk about it later. I said, you can talk about it. I said, I told you what I'm going to do. So a few weeks go by and, and they said, staff meeting, you know, Sunday morning. I said, y'all have fun. I said, no, you're, this, this is a part of your job description. I said, no, it's not. They said, well, we told you. I said, well, I told you. I said, you don't have to hire me. I said, I told you I wasn't going to be. I told you before now I wasn't going to be here. They said, well, I'm going to have to talk to the manager. This is the little, you know, the department manager. I said, okay, talk to the manager. The manager calls me in his office. I said, the store manager calls me in his office. Says, What's this about you not wanting to come to the meeting? I said, that's not true. I said, I'd love to come to the meeting. He said, well, it says here you're not coming. I said, oh, I'm not coming. <laughs> he said, well, why don't you want to come to the meeting? I said, I do want to come to the meeting. He said, well, it says you're not coming. I said, I'm not coming. <laughs> he said, I'm confused. I said, me too. <laughs> I said, I'd love to come to your meeting. You just put it all, You just put it at the same time as the Lord's meeting. I said, I said, I, I love this. He said, well, this may cost you your job. I said, respectfully, you don't supply my needs. He sits back. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I don't want to cause any problems. I just want to work here if it pleases you. I said, but I'm not coming to work on a Sunday morning. I said, I'm not saying everybody's got to make this stance. But this was my stance. He said, he said, okay, well, let me, let me just think about it. A few weeks go by, a few months go by. He said, he said you know what? He's not coming to these things. It's getting frustrating. It's getting frustrating because I was winning all the sales awards. It was getting frustrating because they were giving out prizes and I wasn't there to accept them. So they're sitting there going, and okay, on to the next one. Because they didn't want to say my name again when I wasn't there because everybody was sitting there going, well, how come he doesn't have to go? And I'm sitting there going, because I wear a coat of many colors. That's why I ain't got to go. Time goes on. And they said, they said, you know what? We don't want you to work in this department anymore. What we want you to do is we want you to, uh, uh, when somebody comes in, these big clients with big projects, we want you to just, to just facilitate the project for them. Would you be willing to do that? I said, sure. I said, why are you, why are you setting this up? They said, well, we look back over it. We know you're part-time, but I compared the days that you work compared to the days you don't work. 
And the department that you work in does so much better when you are here. We're going to try to see if we can make it work throughout the whole thing. I said, sounds good. I said, but we need to talk. They said, about what? I said, I'm not going to work Monday through Friday anymore. They said, what? I said, I can work on Saturdays, but only sometimes. They said, why? I said, because I've, I decided to move back home. I'm getting married. I'm saving some money and I'll drive down on a Saturday to work, you know, praise the Lord. I said, but other than that, and, and I'll just be honest with you, I'll let you know by like Thursday, if I'm going to make it, the guy looks at me, and said, just show up when you want to show up. Come on, give God a hand of praise when favor hits your life. So what happens when God is with you, you're able to do things you couldn't have done otherwise. But in order to understand favor, you have to understand kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. Kingdom. One more time. One more time. You have to understand kingdom. Jesus did not come here and die so that you could immediately go to heaven. He came here to reestablish the kingdom of God here. So when you get saved, when you get born again, you become a member of a new kingdom. Kingdom comes from two words, king's domain or king's dominion. A king has dominion over his domain. So whenever you, a representative of this other kingdom, stay here and begin to walk in favor that comes from the other kingdom, now the understanding of I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world starts to make a lot of sense. Now, even in your own family, sometimes you're walking around with a coat of many colors and everybody's pecking at you like a chicken staring at a funny egg because you're in the world, but you're no longer of the world. The favor on your life has begun to separate you from the masses. So it requires you to begin to understand things differently because you can't think democracy and kingdom at the same time. Democracy says it is a government of the people, by the people, for the people, but a kingdom is the king's domain. The laws of a democracy, especially in the United States of America, are generally generally speaking, uh, generally speaking, written by the people. So we elect members as representatives to send up to Washington and then they're supposed to represent us and the laws are supposed to be written by the people and then the president signs or vetoes that law. But that law is actually written by the representatives of the people, aka the people. But in a kingdom, the king's word is law. So when the king says something, it becomes law. If the king says Tuesday is now called pancake, all of a sudden it'll be Sunday, Monday, pancake, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Because when the king says it, it becomes law. Let me take you back to Genesis uh, chapter number one. And God said, let there be light and there was light. Because the minute he said it, it became law. Now, in a democracy, it's very different. Matter of fact, going on right now, President Trump is constantly being threatened with impeachment. And they're taking and they're waving the people's law in front of the president. And they're trying to come up with laws that have been broken that the people determined were laws. You go waving some laws you came up with in front of the king and you'll find out what a king can actually do to you. Because a kingdom does not have laws that are predicated on what the people say. A kingdom has laws that are predicated on what the king says. So now all of a sudden, the concept of kingdom begins to get on each one of us. And now the favor begins to make a little bit more sense. There was a gentleman in the Bible named Nehemiah. Everybody say Nehemiah. 
It got on his heart one time to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And he was effectively a, a, a bartender or a cupbearer to a king. And he goes to the king and the king says, why are you so sad? He goes, well, my, my hometown, the place where my God resides has been, has been, the walls have been torn down. I'm just heart sick about it. I don't know what to do. And the king said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, boy, you have been faithful. I'll tell you what you can do. You can have everything that I have at your disposal. You can have all the trees in the field. You can have everything. Matter of fact, I'm going to send some letters with you. And if anybody gives you some grief about it, you just open the book and show them the letters of the king's decree. Because in a kingdom, what the king says is law. So excuse me if I refuse to walk like the tail when the king has told me I'm the head and I'm not the tail. Yeah, but you did this one day and you had that one day and this. No, 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 no. The king said old things have passed away and all things have become new. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Because in a democracy, you set the standard, but in a kingdom, the king's word is the law. That's why whenever he said, when you pray, pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What you are saying is the king said, I can have it. The king said, I can have all the cedars in the field to rebuild the walls. The king said, I can have it. Well, I thought you did this. Well, I might have done that. But the king said, I'm forgiven. Because when you go before a king, the king holds out his hand and it's either life or death. And if the king says life, Nobody's arguing because it's not a democracy. So when he said he came to give me life and to have it more abundantly, that's the favor of God that is an orated law spoken by the king of the kingdom that I am a member of. So now the concept of favor becomes outlandishly different. But I want to give you some requirements very quickly. Number one, write this down. You got to believe it for yourself. Matthew chapter nine, I believe it is, said, be it unto you according to your faith. You know what that means to me? Your faith or lack thereof has no effect on me. That means what I'm believing, I'm receiving, and your cynical thoughts can't stop it. That means what you're believing, you're receiving. And no good preaching I can do can put it on you. You got to believe it for yourself. You got to take the word of God. You've got to consume it. You've got to believe it. If you don't believe in prosperity, you ain't got to worry about it. It's not going to get on your house. You don't believe in healing, you don't have to worry about it. Jesus was asked one time, if you're able, will you heal me? He said, don't ask if I can heal you. It's only whether or not you can believe. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Be it unto you according to your faith. You have to, the Bible says that we are to renew our mind. That word mind can be translated thought process. Thought patterns, excuse me. Thought patterns. You have to change your thought patterns. If you don't have a religious background or don't have a church background, that's some of the best background you can have. Because a lot of people raised in church were taught some ideas that they just heard. So they just parroted it. They just said it again. And the truth of the matter is, is anything that doesn't bring about conversion is a form of religion. And Jesus didn't die for religion. He died for a kingdom with members and citizens. 
I'm a citizen of a completely different kingdom. And if you're blood bought, so are you. But you got to change your thought patterns if you're going to walk this thing out. When people are, are, are naysaying you and trying to knock you down and trying to take your legs out from under you, you have to make a decision. Am I going to make myself subject to that thought pattern or am I going to think of things that are above and not things that are beneath? Am I going to think of things that he thinks about? Am I going to talk about things that he talks about? Am I going to believe God in the face of adversity? In the face of adversity, am I going to believe God in spite of anything I see, inside of anything I feel? Am I going to believe God? Because if you begin to change your thought pattern, now all of a sudden everything around you starts to change. See, Joseph had the opportunity. He could take the coat off anytime he wanted to. I find it very interesting. Uh, the Bible says that Joseph, he had his coat ripped off of him and, and there was the, the, the blood of the lamb was on it. You remember Jesus, he had his, he had his robe taken off of him and the Bible says they gambled for it. Don't you know that had some blood on it too? The blood of the lamb. The Bible says that Jesus was placed in a tomb. Don't you know Joseph was placed in the ground too? But Joseph didn't go to that pit to stay any more than Jesus went to the tomb to stay. You got to recognize sometimes the pit is a part of your promotion. Sometimes God uses the pit to separate you from people that are stopping your destiny. Sometimes God uses the prison to separate you from people that are, that are stopping you from going to the next level. The Bible says that prosperity was all over Joseph. Everywhere he went, the Bible says God was with him. Everywhere he went, the Bible says everything he touched, God would prosper it. And the Bible says that later he would make his way all the way up uh, to Pharaoh's palace. He would be second in command of all of Egypt. There was a great famine in the land. And he literally fed his brothers and his family and his father, the ones that had sold him out. He fed them when he could have killed them. Had he not prospered, he could not have helped them. Look at your neighbor, look him right in the face. Just tell him it's not about you. Oh, buy all the cars you want. Buy all the rings you want. There's no shortage of finances in the kingdom. But it's not about you. It's about moving the kingdom forward. It's about moving the cause forward. It's about being able. Listen, God used their own false accusations to set up their salvation. The brothers threw him in a pit and it was them throwing him in a pit that knocked the first domino down that got him in a palace that would bring them the food when the famine hit. The Bible says no weapon will, will, will prosper against you. It doesn't say it won't prosper. It just won't work against you. You ever seen the, the cartoon with Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner? You know, he was always putting bombs out in front of the roadrunner, trying to shoot the roadrunner. And it wasn't that the bomb didn't work. It just didn't work against the roadrunner. It's not that the weapons formed against you won't prosper. They're just going to boomerang back on your adversary. Because you're a citizen of a kingdom and his name is on the line. When I, when, when I send my kids into the store to go buy them something to drink or something to eat or whatever they want, I either send them in with money or I send them in with my credit card and that credit card has my name on it. They're buying whatever they want on my name. And I'm good for it. That's what he's saying when he says, pray in the name of Jesus. Speak in the name of Jesus. Because when the king says a thing, it becomes law. And when you're an ambassador, given the authority, somebody say authority, given the authority to speak on behalf of the king, the entire kingdom backs you up. I feel like my insides are about to explode right now. Because this is the part where I just like to go preaching, but I still feel like we need to be in low range and we need to just kind of crawl over this hill. You know what I'm saying? Because what happens is, is very simple in the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven backs you up. You can't just go praying. Oh, it was my prayer that did it. It wasn't your prayer. 
It was the name that you spoke in. It was the authority that he gave you as a member of the kingdom. And when you stop praying, like Jesus died to give you a parachute so that you could pull it at the right last second and make it to heaven and actually start living like the entire plan was to reestablish his kingdom here. Now, all of a sudden, you actually start tearing down strongholds. We stop trying to leave this place and start trying to fix it. Because if we're trying to leave, we think it's somebody else's problem. Which will mean he needs to send better ambassadors. Because if you can't fix the problem, the ambassador gets called back home and he sends somebody else. Somebody say kingdom. Kingdom. You can't even understand favor unless you understand kingdom. King's domain. King's dominion. King's authority. What he says goes. He said, well, well, what what about this? And they said, we can't pray here. And they said, we can't pray here. I get it. But any place where a subordinate kingdom argues with the kingdom that I have submitted myself to. I am willing to deal with the consequences of the subordinate kingdom because the ultimate kingdom has first place in my heart. Why? Because I'm a citizen. He's established me. When you go to another country, first thing they want to see is, let me see your passport. And what they're really looking for is your origin, your country of citizenship. Because depending upon your country of citizenship, it's going to put you in a different set of filters for the rest of your process coming into that new country. So when you say, I'm a member of a completely different kingdom, spiritually speaking, you have established yourself where favor is no longer optional on your life. Favor is a doctrine of the king's domain. A total shift. The the gravity of understanding why favor must be on your life. It's no longer optional. There's too much to do to be playing around with the world's version of Jesus. How many of you ever heard this? You might have even said it. I just think Jesus is like this. Did you write the Bible? I just think God is more like this. You're talking about a democracy. The Bible talks about a kingdom. See, in a democracy, we get to determine what kind of president we want. In a democracy, we get to dictate what kind of leader we want. But in a kingdom... The king's word becomes law. And you don't get to dictate what Jesus is like. You have to read the book and find out what Jesus is like. And the renewing of your mind or your thought pattern becomes a concept where I change my belief structure to what the book says. I'll give you one just real quick and then I'm going to move on because I don't want to get into it today. Philippians One and one. We read it earlier. I didn't mention it because I didn't want to blow your mind at the beginning of service. (laughs) To the saints at Philippi. He wasn't writing to dead people. He was writing to the people that were members of the citizenship of the kingdom that were in that church. But religion changed the word saint to mean somebody that died after doing something special. So you have to change your mind when you find out what the word says because it's not a republic and it's not a democracy. It's a kingdom. And he said, you're a saint. 
Because if you're not a saint, the book wasn't written to you. To the saints at the church of Philippi. And if it wasn't written to you, now you can go back to your normal life and just think that Jesus just came so that we could all die and go to heaven and sit on fluffy clouds. (laughs) Wasn't even remotely his plan. His plan would be that his kingdom would come here and its citizens would rule and reign and have dominion. Dominion over what? Dominion over disease. Dominion over what? Dominion over the principalities that keep plaguing your house with nightmares. Dominion over what? Dominion over the the lion devil that says the divorce rate in the church should be the same as the divorce rate outside the church. I'm talking about kingdom. And in kingdom, there is favor. But the favor affects you. You benefit from it. But it's not all about you. So the Bible says that Joseph, when he got favor in Potiphar's house, he put him over the whole house. When he got favor in the prison, put him over the whole prison. Later, he gets favor, puts him over all of Egypt. Favor brings you more work, not less work. If you think favor is, oh good, I get to sit back and God's going to just dump souls in my house and I'm going to, everybody's going to get saved because they walk past my glory and it's just going to be beautiful and I'm going to have be so rich because prosperity has hit my life. It's just amazing, amazing, amazing. And everything I touch is going to prosper. But the only thing I'm actually touching is the remote control, the couch and the Cheeto bag. <laughs> favor does not take you from the cause And from work, favor actually gives you more work to do. It was the New Testament where it says, if you don't work, you don't eat. The more favor on your life, the more work you have to do. And the minute you're willing to stop working, now all of a sudden he'll go, that citizen has maxed out all the favor they can use and I'm not going to waste it on them. I'm going to put it on somebody else so that they'll actually do the work that I've called them to do. Because the amount of favor you walk in is contingent upon the amount of criticism you're willing to, you're willing to deal with and it's also contingent upon the amount of work you're willing to do for the cause. I've had about $300,000 of debt supernaturally broken off my life. Over 15 years or so. Wasn't late on a single payment ever, never in my life. God just broke. God just said, oh, hook that. He didn't have to pay that back. You know why? Because he saw me giving to widows and orphans. And he said, if he had more money, he'd probably give more money to widows and orphans because he was faithful with a little. He's going to be faithful with a lot. That's why he broke the debt off my life. He didn't break the debt off my life so that I could parade around and go, I'm debt free. Woo. He broke the debt off my life because the more favor increased on my life, the more work I was willing to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? It's a completely different process. It's a completely different level. It, it, it surpasses your, car, your carnal mind and it puts you on a kingdom level where you begin to understand these things that are moving. We're, 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 we're playing chess. We're not playing checkers. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against strongholds and principalities. Principalities comes from the word prince. Prince means like little royalty. There is a ruler of darkness that has all these princes around. And God is looking for those who would stand up and declare what the king says over the top of what these little fake princes say. It's a kingdom. There's kingdoms warring. I can tell Jake, we just, we just, we just, some, some people are like, well, glory to God. I'm with it. I don't know, but I'm with it. Some people are like, it makes so much sense. I had no idea why they were talking about me. And now I get it. Others of you, it's, it's like the first drink of water you've ever had. And you just want more. Next few weeks, I'm going to take you really deep through this because When you begin to understand kingdom 
And you begin to understand favor, and all all of a sudden you begin to go to a completely different plane. And the little the little thoughts don't even bother you anymore. You don't even care. You don't you don't even care anymore. They're talking about me. So what? They couldn't stop me if they had to. We're going to throw you in a pit. I'll end up in the palace. I'm going to give you two more. Favor follows faithfulness. Favor follows faithfulness. If you can be in the wrong place at the wrong time and have adverse results, then you can be in the right place at the right time and have incredible results. Sometimes just showing up. You say, well, I've never heard anybody saying they're not going to work on Sunday morning. I, I, wonder, I wonder if I should do that. You should seek the Lord. I'm not talking about all the time. I'm not talking about vacation. I'm not talking about sometimes. I'm talking about something that keeps you and your family from the house of God on a consistent basis. I didn't say that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. The king said it. I feel him, I feel him changing my vocabulary so often. Now I hear myself talking all the time. The king favors me. And all my insecurities, they have to submit to that fact. The king has favored me. I didn't say it. He said it. And I'm talking about what the Bible says, which means he said it about you too. The king has favored me. I'm not what I was. I'm not going to be what I was. If you can't find anything else about me, you'll find me faithful. Crystal and I, when we got married, we moved down to Houston. We went to a church. We felt like the Lord told us to go there. And the, we were 22 years old. And the, the median age in the church was probably 60 we would leave church and we would say well that was fun <laughs> great word great worship but but just not many people in our age bracket but we prayed felt like the Lord told us to go there I remember holding her hand and saying if it's just you and me we're going to be in the house of God if it's just us we're going to be faithful because if God's looking for somebody to use, He'd use us. We're going to be faithful. Preacher would preach. He'd give an altar call. I'd probably answer nine out of ten altar calls every week. My wife, I'd come back to the chair. She'd be like, You okay? I'm like, Yeah. He was just speaking to me. I said, I'm going to be faithful. Because favor follows faithfulness. Nehemiah was a faithful cupbearer. And favor just jumped on his line. Joseph was faithful everywhere. I don't even look at what Joseph's taking care of. I don't even look at it. That's what the keeper of the prison said. I don't even look at it. Faithful. When, when, you, when, you, when you show yourself faithful, you become a candidate for favor. I mean this respectfully. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not a guy that holds grudges. You can ask anybody that knows me. I literally don't. There's people that have come into this church. Their whole life's been revolutionized. Jesus changes them completely. You look around. We don't have that many chairs. I'm not, I'm not trying to make people come that's not what I'm saying at all but then something happens and a little seed of offense will take root and all of a sudden they, they, they fall out of faithfulness and I thank God when they come back but they'll come back a year later and it's like their life was on pause 
And everybody else was just going to new heights. Pow, 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 pow. I've had them say this to me. I hate that we've missed so much. And I said, no. God's not holding anything against you. Just jump back on the wagon and let's go. And if it's not this church, some other church. I don't care. But favor follows faithfulness. When the king sees you faithful, he's like, I don't know if they're the smartest one. But they're there. <laughs> well, I used to be in sales and I was in, do a bunch of big construction projects and stuff. And I would always tell myself, I'm going to show up. Sometimes, if you've ever been in situations where you're introducing yourself to people you don't know or whatever, you, you can have all these thoughts. I was a young man, 22, 23 years old, having all these thoughts, dealing with, with companies like NASA, Toyota, Texas Instruments, big oil field companies. And here I am walking into these boardrooms like I know what I'm talking about. I acted like I did. I'd sit in the car. I'd sit in my my Dodge pickup truck with a Hemi in it. Come on, somebody. And I would pray and I'd say, God, you're with me. You've made me the head and not the tail. You favored me. I'm going to walk in here and people are going to like me. And they're going to want to do business with me. And if I don't know the answer, you're going to help me with it. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. I'm not going in there alone. Me and you, Jesus, we're going to walk in there. Sometimes I'd be a little late for the meeting because it took me a little longer to get my stuff going. You know what I'm saying? But I'd walk in there and I'd picture me and Jesus walking in. Sometimes I'd hold the door open a little longer so two people could make it through. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, how's it going? Who is this guy? Oh, I'm Brian Hallam. How are you? I'm the guy you're about to give a big contract to. They say, what? I said, I'm the guy you're about to give a big contract to. And I'd smile at them. They'd look over at their partner and be like, is this guy serious? A week later, they'd be sending the purchase order and the down payment. I walked into one. They said, why should we use you? Real grumpy old goat. Why should we use you? I looked him right back in his grumpy face. I said, because everything I touch turns to gold. What do you mean? Everything I touch turns to gold. He said, why? I said, I have the favor of God on my life. He said, are you nuts? I said, peculiar. I'm not teaching this based off of what somebody else experienced. This is my life out loud. From this book, I don't play any games with the Bible. I have too much respect for Jesus, my King, to try to do cartwheels with the Bible to make it line up to what I want to say. I'm trying to contort myself to get in line with what it says. But you got to know, favor follows faithfulness. Well, I don't know it all. Well, be faithful. Well, I don't have the same background. Get faithful. See what God does. I've never read a book. Try reading one. <laughs> Favor follows faithfulness. You got to get your mind, your thought patterns changed. If he said he wants to prosper you, understand it is not the shallow version of just prospering you for your family. That's a part of it. You'll, your family will benefit exponentially. But it's not this little shallow version of it's about me and what I can accumulate. It's he's looking for citizens that will accurately represent the kingdom. Heaven has no lack. Why should you? That's what you're a citizen of. The kingdom. And when the favor of God gets on your life, you're going to stand out. And what you're willing to endure is directly proportional to how much favor you can actually walk in. 
because of a little old fiery dart, somebody calling you a name throws you, that's all the favor you're going to get to walk in. But if you can say, I count it all joy to be a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. What if they throw you in a pit? Oh, somebody will get me out of there. Sometimes, I don't know why. Sometimes you got to go down to get up. Sometimes the loneliness of the pit helps you experience how close he'll really be to you. Sometimes the clanging bars of a prison help you realize that in the kingdom you can be in prison and still be free. Last one. Favor those that walk in favor walk in authority. Those that walk in favor walk in authority. And we've all been given the king's decree. Some of us just walk in more of it. How much favor you're willing to walk in is directly contingent to how much authority you're willing to walk in. Everybody wants authority till it's time to do what people in authority have to do. Everybody wants to be the boss till it's time to fire somebody. Everybody wants to be the boss till somebody you care about keeps showing up late for work. Then you got a decision to make. How much authority are you going to walk in? Most people don't quit their job because they hate the company. Most people quit their job because of the manager that they work for. Almost without exception. And you can take the same position, hire two different people, give them the exact same authority. And one walk in that authority and one not walk in that authority. And this one will look like a clown show and this one will prosper. Because when you're going to live in favor, you have to understand it comes with authority in order to maintain it and to take it to the next level. You have to walk in the authority that he's given you. That means saying what he said. That means acting like he acted. Walking like he walked. Well, I don't know how he walked. That's why you're here. You're going to have to start walking in authority. You're going to have to start taking authority over some of the junk that's in your life and being honest about it. There's a lot of junk in your life, in people's life, that's there because they're tolerating it because they've laid their authority down. If it's keeping you up at night, tell it to shut up and go to sleep. Why? Because I'm a citizen of a completely different kingdom who's been given authority in this domain. The first thing he told Adam to do was take dominion. We're supposed to have dominion here. Earth. Almost everything Jesus did, he did as the son of man. Because man was given authority here. Man was given dominion here. And if you don't walk in that authority, you're like the manager who's been given the same amount of authority. You just don't walk in it. First off, stop pointing at people who are. And second off, pick up your coat and wear it. Put it on. Walk boldly. Well, why, how, come, how come you're so blessed? Well, the hand of God's on my life. This is your answer when they ask. Why are you so happy? Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's crazy talk. I know. My kingdom's different than yours. Kingdom, what are you talking about? Yeah, I've got a king. And he set the laws. And one of the laws is that everything I touch will prosper. 
How do you know? The king said it. What king? King Jesus. Is, is he strong? Oh, he's a lion. Is he kind? He's a lamb. Is he faithful? Oh, you've never met anybody faithful like him. Can you touch him? Yeah, and when you do, healing flows through your body. Can you hear him? Yeah, but his voice is small and still, but life-altering. What does he feel like? He feels like a cool breeze on a real hot day. Warm blanket when you're cold. The depth of forgiveness. most gentle thing you could ever imagine. The architect of life itself. The hope that causes us to shrug off all of our hardships. What's your favorite thing? His name? to say his name is he trustworthy he's more faithful than the sunrise It's hard for me to put in words how much it hurts me when people believe things about him that aren't true. Just some examples like he would put sickness on his children. It's not true. Like he would want you poor. Like he would want bill collectors calling your house all the time. It's not true. Like he would want you abused or to stay in an abusive relationship. It's not true. What he wants is to put his favor on you. That you, while you are here, there's nothing you can do for him up there. What are you going to do? Build him a house? He said he's building you a house. What he wants is to put his favor on you to represent this new beautiful kingdom that if you're a believer, you're a citizen of. And it comes with all the arrows and hardship. But it also has Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. All these benefits, the favor. That's why we can sing in the prison. That's why we can dance in the rain. That's why, like him, we can sleep in a boat in a storm. That's why we can walk on the water that's trying to sink our vessel. this favor is not it's not a cute catchphrase for the charismatic it's a doctrine of his kingdom when my kids go out they don't go out wearing rags unless Crystal didn't see how they got dressed They represent me. 
And you parents will know what I'm talking about. You'll wear pants with holes in them, but your kids will be dressed to the nines with fresh haircuts. Because they represent you. You represent his kingdom. And when a king speaks, it is the law. These are my laws. So what do I do now? You change your thought patterns. Stop arguing with the concept of prosperity. It's for you. It really is. He wants to bless your house more than you could ever imagine. How's he going to do it? Tell me this. How'd he get Joseph from a pit to a palace? He does that. That's his business. Stop arguing with your authority and walk in it. Don't get arrogant. Don't get haughty. But stop tolerating things you can speak to. Don't talk to them in your own name. That's a problem. Say what the king said about you. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm, I'm done teaching. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.